never had so many bodies on board as far as the foundation goes, which means we can do more, we can achieve more. So welcome to the Chambers Showcasing a Member Edition. And today we have Alison from the Toowoomba Hospital Foundation. Welcome, Alison. Thanks, Todd. Lovely to be here. It's great to have you. So, Alison, so tell us, what does the Toowoomba Hospital Foundation do for those people who wouldn't know? So the foundation's been around for over 27 years and we exist to really fill the gap of where the government gifts the money to our public health system. So each year there is a budget and they can purchase, you know, equipment and look after the 22 hospitals within our region. But there's always a gap. There's always other services that they would like to provide. There's always other up-to-date technology that they'd like to buy. But obviously there's not, you know, all the money in the world. So there's often gaps. And that's where the health service will come to us and say, look, we, we really would love to update this or we would like to buy this new equipment or we'd like to be able to provide this service. And that's where the foundation steps in. So we've just had our record year, actually. So in the 2019-2020 year, you are the first to hear this because we haven't announced it, but we redistributed over $2.5 million back to the health service. So it's wow. more than we've ever given. Last year was about 1.7. So, And that's because of the community that we work in. You know, they, they are just the most beautiful, giving, generous, amazing people. And we're a very fortunate charity in that respect. So there's a couple of little things I'd like to you know, dig in there. What is, for everyone's listing, what is the reach of the foundation? So we look after... Geographically. Yeah, sure. Yep. We go from Texas, we go uh, up, you know, Gundawindi. So we're actually up to Sherberg. We're twice the size. The territory is actually twice the size of Tasmania. So it's a huge territory that we look after. Yeah, 22 hospitals, six nursing homes. So it's, it's a really, really large... Uh, space to look after, if you like. And we haven't always done that. The foundation in years gone by, we're very focused to Woomba Hospital, Bailey Henderson and Mount Lofty Heights Nursing Home. But with the board's support a couple of years ago, and really probably from a direction that we were given from the executive team of the hospital saying, to make the foundation really sit with the needs of the health service, you need to be health service wide. So a couple of years ago, we changed our strap planning and and that's where we're now headed. So not saying that we're going to head out to Stanthorpe and start running wine tasting every other weekend, unfortunately. But it sounds um, good to yeah, me. Well, it could be a good fundraising be, uh, yeah, exercise. We are a health organisation, Todd. So anyway. Grapes are, are healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Off the vine maybe. But no, it's good for mental health maybe. I don't know. Yeah, basically we will help within the region, but also our main, uh, you know, a lot of our focus is this central hub because people from Gundy, you know, they might visit our hospital, but if they need a certain surgery or, you know, a lot of people do end up coming to Toowoomba for some reason. But we really want to focus too heavily on being able to keep people at home. So we want people to either be able to come to like Breast Green Toowoomba here and not have to go into Brisbane. We want them to be able to come to this hospital or stay in Stanthorpe or stay in Dolby and go to their local hospital and not be away from family and friends. Generally, the only reason you go to hospital when you're happy is having a baby. It's nice to be able to keep people in their homes and close to home and around family and friends when they're going through tough times. For sure. So your reach is extensive, Mm. not just geographic, but obviously what is your reach in terms of some of the services you provide specifically to the broader community? Yep. So for our... so. 
everybody has objectives. Ours basically are that we will provide equipment to the hospital and health service. So we basically will purchase any sort of equipment that they require. So we've worked heavily in the past with the cardio team. A lot of the equipment that they have in the unit there has been purchased by the hospital. Okay. It's a Unfortunately, heart disease is, you know, number one killer in Australia. Don't quote me, but I think that that's the truth. It's a really growing disease state, if you like, and, and people are often affected by heart disease. So so we've helped extensively in that. Our mental health wards, we're really focusing for the next couple of years in helping them upgrade even the aesthetics. So, you know, you're sitting in at one of, you know, our Bamel or Jarawa and you're there for sometimes up to a couple of months or three months as a patient. The last thing we want you to see is daggy curtains and a really old TV that hardly works or not have anything to do while you're spending your time you know, building on your mental health and getting yourself better so that you can re-enter the world and the head home, etc. So we focus a lot on aesthetics. So and that's not something that the health service would ever be able to generally afford on their own because there's more important things. So the community will often help us with that sort of stuff. It sounds like complete wellness. Like yeah, uh, yeah. you're looking at the complete wellness rather than just a component of wellness, so to speak. Look, absolutely. And we also now um, run the cafes within Bailey Henderson and we have a coffee cart at Toowoomba Hospital and the cafe at Toowoomba Hospital now. So we've had them for over a year, which is super exciting. And everything's healthy. You will find beautiful salads that are you know, made from scratch by the chefs that we employed. So we, we took away the cook and we now have full-time chefs and and they will come up with all beautiful different ideas. So it's wellness, it's soups, it's healthy salads, it's healthy wraps. So if you enter our hospital, we don't want you to be eating, you know, the bad stuff. We want you to be getting well. So therefore, um, we're focusing a lot of that in our cafe sites as well. Okay, so your business is actually quite diversified. Yeah. Yes, so you've got some commercial arms. Obviously, I assume that's from a small business or a business sustainability perspective. Can you can you tell us uh, where your funding comes from? Is it is it a mixture of sponsors, um, donations, and and you know diversifying your business? Where does that come from? It's a great question, and we are very diverse. So. When I came on board, we had the car park, so we were very fortunate that the Minister for Health many years ago gifted foundations car parks on site. So we've had that for quite some time now. We change things up, we move things around, and so that's a really a really positive income stream for us, which is amazing. So we then diversified last year as well into accommodation. So we moved into the old Red Cross building as our offices, but we also took on the six one-bedroom accommodation units, so we run those. And that's a great opportunity because, again, wellness in the mind is important. And so when people are coming to the hospital, we don't want them to be stressing about where they're going to stay. So I've come in from Gundy. I have no family here. All my family are back on the farm. You can actually stay in our accommodation units and you get travel assistance, which is great. So it's another opportunity where we can help our community members to be I guess, you know, feeling a little bit more content when they're coming and they've got somewhere to stay, they know where they're going, they can walk across to the hospital. So we would like a couple of million dollars from somebody to build more of those if anyone would like to uh, help out. And then we have the cafes. So those three sites assist us as well. We also run vending machines. So we had the vending throughout, very healthy vending, I can tell you. Um, You won't find a sugary drink in any of them. So vending machines across a few sites. And then, yeah, really through donations. So donations are a big part of what we do and then fundraising through events. So 
before that little thing called Corona hit, we were running about 72 events um, on an annual basis and our revenue was well over a million dollars from those. So again, community, so grateful because they really jump on board a lot of what we do. Yeah. So the Chambers had that same experience with events because it's a significant mm. part of our income. Yep. Uh, it's completely independent. We don't get any mm. government funding. So I have to agree, the community is, and members and sponsors have been super. Can you tell me what your links are to the small business community, how you interact with the small business community uh, in Toowoomba and the broader region? You know, I've only been in this role for four years, but as I have a very strong sales background, if you like, I sort of fell into not-for-profit. Many people don't go to uni and say, oh, and I actually didn't even go to uni, so there you go. But you know, you don't go, oh, I'm going to grow up and become a, a CEO for a not-for-profit. You sort of grow up, I wanted to be an actress Clearly that worked out for me. But um so You're still doing some acting, are <laughs> I used to before I moved to Toowoomba. I don't have a lot of time, but I do have, although I'm gonna tell the whole world now, but um I actually do want to do a pantomime. So I've been talking to the Empire about running a fundraising pantomime. So I have you in mind for a um a female lead role. <laughs> I also have the mayor. Jeff McDonald has been signed up and I've got a couple of other people who can actually sing because, you know, we do want people to buy tickets. So I may take a small lead part in that, um, in that just to get the juices flowing again. Okay. Anyway, back Have to... Have you seen uh, me in female clothes? It's not very pretty. This is why I'm signing you up. Oh. It's a pantomime. Oh, it's a yeah. pantomime. <laughs> <sighs> you will love it. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> your, your, the relationships with small business. So tell me some of your links. I mean, mm. you obviously have a clear role within this community. The community is very supportive. You have a very diverse business. How does that filter down into the small business community? That's where I was headed, was because I do have that strong sales background. So before falling into not-for-profit, you know, I worked at Yellow Pages, I worked at, um, you know, pharmaceutical repping, I did everything. So, so the connection that I think is really critical for any charity is that we say thank you and we give back. So we will often match up our events. So we would, you know, ensure that we're, because we're about to launch this great Western road trip, which is going to be really exciting. So we're all thinking outside the box. We're doing a great Western road trip over the October long weekend, which will be fabulous. And so I wouldn't necessarily go to a business that had no relevance to that. So, you know, we would go to tough bull bars and say, this would be a great opportunity for you. So what we really want is to have that great connection where people do want to sponsor, but we're also giving back. We're actually giving them a database of customers who potentially would buy from them or, you know, want to give back because they know they're very, they're charitable. So, you know, we work closely with Suncorp and I hope in return that people see the charitable arm of Suncorp and Suncorp Brighter Futures and then think, you know, if I'm going to bank with somebody, I'm, I'd, I'd like to support them because they're supporting the charitable organisations within our community. So I think that's the real tie that we have with small business um, is that is that we always say thank you and we always give back and there's always a connector between our customers and um, the people who are coming to our events and showcasing these beautiful people that assist us financially every year. Okay, well, small business, you know, you're right. They have might play a significant role. We see them every day supporting sporting teams, junior rugby league, junior soccer, junior whatever it is. Um, so those connections are really important. If you have any advice for, for me in terms of developing a business, what would it be? I mean, um, essentially we run a, run a non-for-profit and we're in that process of, like you, being through COVID-19, you've seen your growth expand, which is clearly due to your direction with the changes in the strategic plans a few years ago. What advice would you give to me and everyone listening about growth and business right at the moment? 
I think you also, I think you you should always stick to, we actually had this conversation this morning, like five minutes before you came in, which is uncanny because we have our Wednesday team meetings and everybody sits around and tells everybody else what we're doing and what we're working on because we are so, so diverse and there's 11 bodies in the office and we're all doing different things, but kind of working on the same thing. Yeah. But I had said this morning that, you know, COVID has taught us that you can't have your eggs in one basket, which we do not, which is fabulous. And if we had, I would not have 11 bodies in the office anymore and I wouldn't have 19 staff in the cafe anymore. So that's been really fortunate. And I think when we were chatting this morning, I said, you know, our, our commercial business is been extraordinary for us and it's something that we should focus on keeping our eyes and our ears to the ground because there's plenty of opportunity for us we run we are extremely good at running events you know we put an event up it gets sold out people love coming we don't always get it 100% right but generally speaking people would leave going another fabulous event from the foundation are you saying so- you're not perfect like <laughs> No, oh. I'm certainly not perfect. Don't start talking about my life. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, so, so, you know, like, and we always learn from every experience, but we run events really well. So if there was an event organisation or an event facility that didn't want to, you know, like, I don't know, if rumours all of a sudden said, right, we're retiring, but we don't want to sell, we'd be like, well, we could probably run that, you know, event organisation for you because that's what we're really good at. So, charities, small business, stick to what you know. I think stick to what you really love. Don't try and do something because you think, oh, that's the next greatest thing. Because if you crap at it, like what, you know, you're not going to be good at it. And if you don't like it, you're not going to be good at it. So I think you should find something that you have a passion for already and allow that passion to make you an expert at it. And so that's what we're focusing on is making sure that we're looking outside and seeing if there's any more opportunities. So like accommodation, we've become extremely good hotel runners and, you know, we're 98% capacity all the time. So for us, that's an opportunity. We need to work with the government and the organisations around us to actually get more accommodation for our travelling patients. And so that will in turn then lead to obviously a financial win for the organisation because We'll, we'll build on what we're able to offer. So, so I take from that a couple of key things, I guess, is diversity is the key, right, as we mm. move forward. And I think couldn't agree with you more. And you call it love, but I call it bliss. What actually makes you tick? I call it the bliss. So those two things are really great take-home messages. But the change on what's happened since your, the business being diversified is really probably driven by the CEO, in essence, and that's you. Can you tell us what is your passion about driving that change? What what is it that you believe in which made you um, so successful? Because you have to advocate to the board to get these things through, to push forward, to diversify the business. So what drives you, Alison? What drives me is probably the end result. You know, we get to the June 30 date and we've had another fabulous year. And, you know, even the little blip that is on my radar now in relation to I have this gorgeous graph that sits in my black folder and it sits on my desk and it shows where, you know, we started with four staff, we've now got 11, we've never, and I don't mind sharing this point, but I don't think there's anything wrong with being embarrassed about being a very profitable not-for-profit. We're sustainable, be here in 10 years' time, or we'll be here in 20 years' time. Knowing that you gave us $20 yesterday means that $20 will still be there in 50 years' time, making a difference to the community. So so my driver is that never had so many bodies on board as far as the foundation goes, which means we can do more, we can achieve more. We've never given, as I said before, you know, we've had our record year, so we've never given so much more back, you know, in applications for funding to the to the hospital and health service. And that makes me super proud. Like the more, without getting teary, the more we can 
give to the hospital and health service, the more we are doing our job. So, you know, th- that's a massive tick. And if we still are sustainable and we're still here and we're still about, you know, have the opportunity to employ as many people, our bank account is healthy, then I'm a very happy little chappy. Well, uh, speaking about uncanny, I had the same discussion uh, with our board to today about a profitability of non-for-profits. Um, I like to call it profit for purpose. And I don't think they were pro- providing the same type of view. You should not be embarrassed about developing a profitable where you know over time um, you'll give back or share that in a probably a completely different way to the broader, for us, the small business community, community generally. So what else makes you tick, Alison? Tell me, you know, we've got the drive. We've seen everything you've done here for the Trauma Hospital Foundation and everyone, you know, has you on a pedestal. What is the, what's the personal drive? What do you do outside of? What makes you, you know, chill out at home? What do you do? Do you, do you leave here and run home? And, uh, uh, and uh, I live at Preston, Todd. I don't, <laughs> I don't run anywhere. My car runs me there. What makes me tick? I never, ever stop. So people say, oh, what do you do to relax? I would, if I had to relax, I'd probably go a bit stir crazy. So I did no homeschooling. My husband did all of that. Like there is no way I was staying home. I love my children. I'm waiting for them to become supermodels for Calvin Klein so I don't have to work anymore. And then in saying that, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself when I'm not working. So no, I love my children, but I did not want to homeschool them. I'm just very fortunate that my husband works from home. So that's fabulous. But I cook. If I have 22 people in my kitchen watching me and eating the courses as we're going along, and I was really annoyed. I made tempura vegetables on Sunday and it was a new recipe, And but I took them to someone's house and by the time I got there, they were a bit soggy. So frustrated with yeah, myself. That I'm is like, frustrating. Right. But yeah, I just, I love, love, love to cook. And if I could have, you know, some sort of cooking opportunity in the future when I, you know, retire, which is a very, very long way down the track, that would be my absolute passion. I would just love to, yeah, just do anything with baking, cooking, etc. It's just my absolute passion. So I, I do a lot of entertaining. You ask my husband, he's always whinging about never having a spare weekend. So if we're not at events, if we're not at Morton with our beautiful friends and relaxing, which is where I might be going tomorrow, then, and, and even when I do go to Morton, if I've got people coming with me, I'm like, right, well, you've got Thursday night, I've got Friday night, you and I'm an organiser, so you don't just have a, you know, oh, we're not sure what we're cooking. No, not on mm. my watch. We all know what we're eating. So the menu gets uh, sent out free. It does. And you know exactly when you're cooking and what day, and you know what I'm cooking so you don't clash with what I'm cooking, and it's all fabulous. But, no, people love it. And people always say everyone needs a bossy friend, and that's who I am. I'm the, um, the you know, I don't mind the word bossy. I think it's cool. I'm, I'm quite happy to take it. But yeah, I'm the one that that organises everybody. And then everyone's like, what a fabulous weekend we had. And I'm like, I know, because we were (laughs) (laughs) organised. All right, Alison, uh, it's been a pleasure. But I just have one final question. What would be, what's your final piece of advice for the Chamber or the small business community here in Toowoomba? Gosh, the final piece. I could talk about it forever. As I've said a thousand times, I've only been here four years, but the, but the developments I've seen in that four-year period, I was here, I was lucky enough to come to, you know, the opening of Wagner's Airport. I was lucky enough to be here as a lot of the start of the second range crossing happened. I'm here watching the developments of a brand new hospital being pen to paper. I just think that the more support we give each other, the more opportunities to network together, to use each other's products, to make sure that we are shopping and eating and, you know, being there for one another, the better we will be. And I think that people need to to really support people outside of business. You know, like if you know that somebody's having a, a struggle street at the moment, then 
Don't worry about walking into the business, get them after work and have a chat and see what you can do and really find out the ins and outs of what people, you know, lives are going on. You were saying before about not being perfect. You know, I have um, three boys, my grandson lives with me, I've got all sorts of chaos going on in my life and there's always a background story as well as a front story and I think the more we know about people in our community, the more we can help them in so many ways, not just with the, the business front. So, But in turn, I think that will that will help them. Absolutely. Who is perfect? I think seriously. You. <laughs> Far from perfect. I'd like to know where the pedestal is, actually. I want to see that pedestal. Uh, come to office, I'll show you. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> Cut out of me. <laughs> no comment. So, Alison, it's been fantastic having you uh, today on Showcase a Member. You are a very important part of the small business community, the, the Chamber. I think you're a very valued member. So, thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me. Yeah.